I am Desmond Bertrand Pitts, CEO of the Center for African American Military History. And I'm Leanne Kelly, the Communications Coordinator. And, and this, this is, is On the, the Front, front lines. lines. We have always been on the front lines. And in the second episode, we are discussing the state of America, a look into how COVID-19 has changed our lives, the 2020 election, and recent news developments that has us on guard in 2021. Saddle up. Let's get into it. <sighs> okay, so the past few months have been a roller coaster of emotions. The stressors of the election not, not being caught on the day of, Americans finally learned who their president and vice president were going to be on Saturday, November 7th. Then the holiday season came along, and we were stuck inside for the most part. Families didn't meet on Christmas due to COVID. New Year's was spent at home for the most part. And finally, when we all thought we could finally breathe, the siege at the Capitol happens. It would be comical if people did not die and if millions of people's lives were not on the line. But I think we have to be mindful that the majority of America has spoken. Joe Biden is America's president. Right, right, Desmond? Ditto. So I, I think you put it perfectly. Um, the, not only the past few months, the past year, because um, if you're thinking about it, if you think about it, this, the world pretty much shut down in March of 2020. Um, here we are, January of uh, 2021, and it just seems like it's been basically how you described it—a roller coaster of emotion, roller coaster of um, financial issues, job loss. Um, COVID-19 really came in um, and destroyed uh, lives. It destroyed livelihoods. Um, and it put businesses and people in, in grave um, predicaments that really nobody has come out of, like, completely. Um, you know, I've dealt with, you know, a few things, you know, internally for myself as a leader. Um, and I can just imagine what people are having to deal with, you know, if they lost their job, um, let alone leading an institution that you got to figure out how to, you know, make it through the next month. Um, so... I, I share your sentiments. Um, Christmas and Thanksgiving and holidays apart from family. Um, you have an election all going on at this time, and it kind of just shifted the whole, you know, frame of the, the election itself. You know, people, Joe and, and Kamala and a lot of the other uh, candidates who were running, they weren't running on, you know, COVID-19 prior to, you know, March of 2019. Exactly. You know, that wasn't one of the things that they were, you know, trying to make sure that they could uh, they could move us forward from. Um, so it kind of changed the trajectory of everything that was going on at that time. Um, and now we're, you know, the top of the year. And what happened at the Capitol, and we'll get to it um, a little bit later, it's starting to. It's starting in the new year. I mean, the new. It, this is this is really trickling down. So it's not like it. You know, 2020 is over. Everybody's excited. Let's get into 2021. But December 31st, 2020 was not the end of our troubles. Exactly. Was not the end of COVID-19. It was not the end of um, Black lives being killed. You know, we. You know, we're we're lucky that nothing has happened so far. Um, but that's this stuff is still happening. So we can't stop talking about it. We can't stop protesting or stop, you know, talking to our senators and people of that sort, because it's time to we got to still put the work into it. There's so much work to be done. But I think 
I think for um, for us, for the majority of it, like for the majority of Americans that witnessed January 6th, Wednesday, January 6th activities uh, at the Capitol, we were just, we weren't surprised because this is the America that most black folks and, and, and Latinx uh, people and people in the LGBTQIA uh, community, this is what we deal with on a daily basis. We deal with the white supremacy and, and, and the entitlement of, of, of whiteness in, 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 in spaces where we're supposed to feel, feel safe. Right. We deal with that on an everyday basis, but this was just brought to the forefront in the nation's capital. So I think um, we need to actually just talk about the hypocrisy behind it. I mean, if you want to compare these Trump, let's call them what they are, rioters, to, towards patriots is what they no call them. rioters, they call them patriots, patriots, Trump rioters uh, compared to the Black Lives Matter movement um, and other protests that have to do with police brutality. Um, Let's talk about how they defaced the Capitol and black and brown people had to clean it up the following day. I don't know if anyone saw that on Twitter, but that was that yeah. was trending. Um, black Black Lives Matter protesters were tear gassed, beaten, shot with rubber bullets, manhandled by police and the U.S. military, while these rioters, uncouth rioters, were given a free pass. Where was the over-militarization of the police then, America? Let's talk about millions of people who feel like their lives don't matter solely because the people who are called to serve and protect them do not serve and protect them, even though we pay for their checks. We pay their checks as taxpayers. Let's talk about how Americans must feel mentally. This has been an unhealthy saga playing over and over and over again, and it needs to stop. And I think I think a lot of Americans can, can attest to what I just said. I mean, it... it when is it going to end? Good question, but there's not an answer. But I don't. I think for just looking back, um, and I'm in my 30s. I'm a, a millennial, but I I appreciate history. So looking back at some of the, the events around Bloody Sunday, mm. you know, the Voting Rights Act, mm. um, the whole Civil Rights era, that's exactly what happened then. Um, the fact that 40, 50 years later, things are still happening. The same type, the same type of response is coming from, you know, protests, peaceful, peaceful protests um, when it comes to black and brown lives. It just makes me wonder if it will ever end. And I think what this previous administration taught us is that this stuff was always around. Racism never went anywhere. Um, these these mindsets, the things that pe- that these people are thinking, it's not new. Trump is bringing it, brought it out into the forefront. So now we see it. Um, we see it in the news. We see it. Clearly, we saw it at the Capitol. Um, but this has always been a problem. Um, and the fact that it could have been anybody to your left or to your right, and you did not know it, that's the scary part. And I think that's what's going to be the issue with us moving forward is that these people aren't going anywhere. Um, they still are American citizens, not like they're just gonna just because Trump is out of office that they're just gonna disappear. Um, but 70, 75 million people voted for that man, yes, so they're not going anywhere. People. Um, and that doesn't discount the people who didn't vote, who are also supporters, um, whether they could not vote or just didn't, you know, feel the need to to vote. 
But what I think that to go back to some of your points, um, the hypocrisy in it is that one, when I was actually there for the march on Washington, and so it was heavy, heavy militarized at that time. Um, even though it was a very, very organized, you know, uh, protest. So there was no... Peaceful. Let's say peaceful. Peaceful. Because it was... Yeah, very, yes. very, very peaceful. So there was, no, there was nothing that was coming in on, you know, on the, on the web, any, you know, triggers or anything saying that uh, people were going to, you know, tear down structures or anything like that. Um, but in this case, there was, um, there was a lot of chatter. Um, and nobody was paying attention. Um, I watched uh, a CNN uh, a news report, and the ADL um, Anti Defamation League actually sent out uh, a letter to inform the Capitol Police that there was chatter. Um, so the fact that nobody paid attention to what they were saying um, really, really makes me think that this was almost allowed. Um, and even the fact that hours earlier there was, you know, a Trump rally, uh, and he pretty much, well, not pretty much, he told them to go to he the Capitol. Okay. You know, he gave them okay to to go to the Capitol, and even after that, there wasn't a lot of attention that was put towards the U.S. Capitol. I think I think we have to rem- we have to go back to the beginning, like when 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 we realized as Americans that Joe Biden was going to be our president, uh, Trump, President Trump, let's call him, that's, that's who he is, so let's respect the title, um, had been doing... Uh, <laughs> you, we respect it. You can respect yeah. it if you want to. Trump. Trump. Okay, <laughs> Trump had been um, trying to delegitimize delegitimize this election since the beginning. So we have to remember that. And I think when we remember that, we'll realize that January 6th was not something that just happened out of the blue. This was something almost organized, um, whether it was organized through the Trump campaign, through um, Trump Trump supporters and organizers in that, uh, in that circle. It's not something that just happened. This didn't just come out of thin air and these people were, were so upset and they just bum rushed and seats the Capitol. No, it was something that they had been planning because all of their other uh, strategies did not work. Going to the Supreme Court did not work. Uh, Trying to delegitimize uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania and the other um, states that that flipped and went blue uh, this this past election just did not work. And so this was the only this was the final straw. The electoral college was was voting that day, so they said, "Hey, let's this is our this is our last chance to stop what the American people or the American public have said." The thing about that is that it was going to happen either way. Like that was not going to change the vote. Even Republican, you know, uh, the senators that wanted to uh, object to. Um, whatever states, I think it was Georgia, Pennsylvania, those states. Yeah. Uh, Arizona. Arizona. It was still not going to help their efforts. Oh, for sure not. <laughs> the people had already spoken. I mean, the- it, it was clear. Um, <laughs> the, the election was not close. <laughs> not um, at all. And there was, you know, I mean, cl- it, it depends on what you consider to be close. 
Um, but he was still the projected winner then. Um, he was projected a winner two other times, and this was the final confirmation was the Electoral College um, and the House and the Senate. And the fact, they, they clearly planned it out. They had T-shirts made. Um, there was... I seen a T-shirt say something about Civil War, January sixth, yes, twenty twenty one. They had no mask. They had, they weren't scared of cameras. They had guns and weapons and uh, Molotov cocktails, and it was a whole on attack. This was a coup. It was a coup against Absolutely. the American government. And I think, I think people, a lot of Americans want to know, like, how did we get here? How did we? You see bumper stickers, especially in Texas. You see bumper stickers: "The South will rise again." Uh, Texas will succeed from the from the union. You see things like that. Th- uh, that ideology is very present in American culture and American society. Um, we are the only nation that I know of, really, that will really just go against as far as we st- we stand for d- democracy and diplomacy and just just um, having some sense of couth. Yeah. But we're the nation that we don't we don't stand by that. Like we don't we don't. Forget an election or forget what people, what millions and millions of people have voted for. We're going to go and say, hey, we lost, but hey, we didn't lose. And we're going to kill people in the process. Like kill people in the process. Five people died on that day. Um, And so I think we have to realize that like that is that is the psyche. That is that is the the ideology of this society. We are a a troubled nation. A and you violent, know think, troubled nation. You know what I think? It's etched into our history. Exactly. Our foundation, this country was built yeah, upon. Re- revolution. You know, it was it was never meant for just to get to get back to black lives. It was never meant for us. Nope. Um, we were here to do the work to build the country, um, but we were never considered to be a part of the country or citizens or anything of that sort. So it's it's nothing new. Like, I hey, just I keep know. going back to, like, we, we're really sitting in 2021, and we're, okay, yes, it's progressed. It's progressed. We have certain rights. We, you know, we can vote. We can do this. We can go where we want, do what we want. But if you really think about it, it's still a lot more work to be done. I feel like we're in 1865. We can just vote, and we don't get lynched every single time we walk out the house. I mean, by regular citizens, put. but police officers, that's a whole different situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, give or take a few years. Um, <laughs> What's that compared to? <laughs> <laughs> What's that compared to? To equality, you know? man. Like, Absolutely. come on. BSNM has new neckties for sale in our gift shop. Also, stop by and pick up some great gear. We have everything from bomber jackets, hats, hoodies, t shirts, and more. But I think to to kind of kind of segue and move into the administration, the Biden administration, um, and I excuse me, I said her name correct incorrectly earlier. Yes, Kamala. <laughs> Kamala Harris, um, and uh, Joe Biden's administration. Uh, what what we what can we expect? Um, where do we see the the country going? What's the trajectory? Um, in my mind, I think that, well, I know that this administration is going to change a lot of the crap that we've been dealing with, um, definitely in the past four years. Um, I think there is going to be a lot of work. There's definitely going to be a lot of work to do. 
um, that's not going to get done in only four years. So we're going to need some 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 time. The fact that we when we just talked about seventy five million people voted for Trump, um, and 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 it just we we have no idea how many other people feel the same way. It just shows that we're going to have to change a lot of minds, um, and that's not an easy task, um, but it is a task. Because I don't feel as though we're going to progress or we're going to move any further um, until we change the minds of people. Uh, and what really scares me, let me tell you this. So during the, during the shutdown, during the pandemic, um, when things were really, really, really shut down and stores, stores had just begun to, I think, uh, start opening back up, there was not a gun in sight. Like, you still cannot find like weapons. Oh yeah. That 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 is what triggered something to me is like something is happening. Oh yeah. And we don't know about it because you can because you could see a lion outside of academy with and the faces, the color of the faces were all the same. Um so I need not tell, you know, any more details to that. The people know. It's it was really really clear that there was something there was a revolution, there's something that they were talking about, there was chatter that we had no idea about. Um, is when people started talking. We, the black people, started talking about like we got to start. We got to stay strapped. We got to get guns, things of that sort. Because you never know what's going to happen. And the election was coming up. I think that's what triggered something in a lot of us. But what this administration is going to have to do is work, <laughs> work day in and day out to figure out how we can change the minds of what is now the minority. Exactly. Uh, you said that's a perfect point. Um, I'll say for this administration, um, I think it's great. There's some diversity um, in this administration. You have people from now. I won't say all walks of life, but you have people from um, you have women in this administration. You have black people in this uh, cabinet, Latinx uh uh, Americans, LGBTQIA Americans. So this is a pretty diverse cabinet compared to the last four years that we've witnessed. Nevertheless, I will say that my most important thing, the, my most, my biggest concern, excuse me, my biggest concern is are we going to stop being killed by police? Because it doesn't matter if we have a cabinet full of all black people. It doesn't matter if we have a cabinet full of all LGBT. What they say, all black folk ain't kin folk. That's true, it's but true. still, I mean, Clarence <laughs> Thomas, we know, but so still, we know. <laughs> but still, like it's it, it's still a um, it's still something that I think we all just need to think about because when we see this cabinet, we'll and we see Kamala as our vice president, we think. Whoa, progression. On top of, let's not forget what Georgia just did, uh, two senators, so we now have the Senate. Well, Democrats have the Senate, excuse me. Um, yeah, so that's that's great. Um, if y'all hear Rachel, she's in the back. She's our audiovisual. She's in the cut talking. <laughs> she's giving, giving us, us some chatter. Yeah, giving us some <laughs> giving us some pointers. But it, yes, um, Reverend Warnock, congratulations. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um John uh, Osoff, Osoff and uh, Warnock, congratulations. But um, we have to talk about Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is if oh, if Stacey's I bet if I if I bet was a person, Stacey Abrams would be that person. I feel like, but we actually have to talk about the organizer, the organizers, and the grassroots efforts that put them in office. But I go back to the cabinet. 
it doesn't matter how many people that look like us are in that administration. Mm-hmm. If they if they don't create policies or create um, resources and institutions that benefit us as people. Yeah. And so I think that's what I want to change. That's what I want to change. Yeah, you can you can help me with my student loans. You can you can help me with um with some additional aid when it comes to COVID. But hey, if 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 you don't have equal housing, better education, creating resources for people who look like me, um legislation that protects my myself from uh, that I can take care of my body and what I want to do with my body, you know, important things that, that literally are life and death for people that look like me, look like us. And I think for, for with that is accountability. Um, so exactly. there is no doubt that the black vote, the black female vote, at that, talk about it. Um, really, really pushed this election forward. Made this um, election happen. So, it, and what is it going to take is for us to hold them accountable for all of the issues that we discussed, that we talked about, that we've protested about, making sure that that stuff happens. So we have to make sure we have to have to hold them to their word. Um, and I think that's something that we haven't done in the past. Is You've got to reach out to these people, talk to them, make mm. calls, go to D.C., um, be a part of Advocacy Day. There's an Advocacy Day for everything. The museum industry has it, and um, I participate every year in February for Advocacy Day. And um, just making sure that your voice continues to be heard. Talk to your senators, talk to your house, uh, your, your reps, talk to your council people, um, mayor, governor. I don't Talk to everybody because they have to... Answer your calls, emails. Um, you may get a staff member, so don't you know be don't disappointed. Get a, don't get but you're not going to be able to call the governor and say, "Hey, governor, you know that's not going to happen." Um, so you'll talk to one of his people. Um, but that's what that's what it's going to take, though. It's going to take all of us to make sure that we continue to to hold these people accountable. And if they don't do what we want, get them out. Vote them out. I think what Black people realize now is that they have the power. Yeah. I mean, I think this election proven. To so many black people and others, we don't want to disc- you don't want to discredit other other groups, yeah. but black people black in general, vote. the black vote, they know yeah. that hey, when we get out and vote in numbers, things happen. Yeah. We change things. So I think that's a good ending point. Um, so final thoughts, uh, accountability. I think that's the perfect word, the perfect place to end is is hold everyone accountable. Um, 2021, we have a new administration and we have the, uh, the Democrats have um, the House and the Senate. And it's now time to hold all of our policy, our lawmakers, um, our senators, judges, hold them all accountable for making sure that uh, we're protected because that's what they're supposed to do for us. I agree. I agree. We, we were always on the front lines. On the Front Lines is a Center for African-American Military History production as a part of the Building Community Initiative with support from the Houston Endowment and BBVA. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe.